Welcome to the Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Next Level Show. Today we have a, a special episode because we have the two buttery men of the podcast. So solo, solo, dolo. Technically, it's a duo because uh, yeah. we're, miss, we're missing the tree, number tree. Mr. Gabriel's out of town for, I think it's the week. Hopefully, we can get him on a couple episodes, but he's out on vacation with his family, road tripping it up, and he asked us to kind of keep this this ship sailing. So here we yeah. are. He's uh he's he's saving a bunch of school children along the road. <laughs> did he tell you that? No, he did not. Yeah, he's going to uh, churches and and feeding them and donating. Um, Plasma, small parts. Yeah, well, small parts, small parts of himself, like kidneys and and stuff. He's also making uh, massive financial donations um, <laughs> to to churches along along the route. What it's actually a saint. one of the uh, one of the routes that the uh, the pilgrims took. It's it's amazing. You should follow his story on Instagram. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So it's uh, we like. We don't mind. It happened a couple of times where, you know, Mike, you haven't been able to come on. So we, we do the same thing. So yeah, at least if there's two of us, it kind of keeps the dynamic going. It would just be kind of more just a chat between us on a particular topic that you actually pointed out to me today. Um, and just basic conversation. These topics usually just stem from conversation that we have with clients that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. This was keeps our content on social media consistent. This keeps you know our, us learning and practicing and applying these things, which ultimately the goal here is to expand on those things because Instagram and Facebook, we only can go so long without, you know, social media is quick, you know, a quick uh, swipe or a quick scroll. You know, no one wants to probably spend for the most time watching every piece of content being 40 to 45 minutes to an hour. It's like a podcast platform. So if you're tuning in, you're going to learn some stuff today, hopefully. Instagram would be crazy if it lasted 30, 45 minutes. Yeah, it'd be a whole nother. That would would be a completely different thing. I think Facebook actually does videos that are long, but it's still not as common. Yeah, and I'm sure the quality goes down quite a lot if it's like a video you should be watching as opposed to just like sound, but... Um, yeah, no, I, I, I love this topic. It's something that gets brought up, um, fairly often with, especially with the new clients. But once you get rolling with somebody, um, it, it kind of becomes, especially with the way that I do it, I like to teach my clients as we go along so that it's not just me holding all of the, the secret, uh, whatever's and just kind of making them do stuff without any explanation. Cause I want them to be able to take something away. So, um, but yeah, I literally just had this uh, this conversation this morning where, you know, we started off, it was two weeks in, brand new client. She's doing great so far and she lost like two pounds. And I'm like, okay, so like what, what would you like to do now? Because I told her my preference. My preference would be to build a little bit more muscle um, because we didn't see any increase in lean mass, which I'm not objectively, I, I'm pretty neutral uh, to that, but we got a little bit of body fat to come off. So that was cool. But, um, I wanted to put a little bit of muscle on, but ultimately like it's your choice. So what would you like to do? She's like, I'd like to get the ball rolling on fat loss, you know, just just lose a couple pounds, you know, get that nice little boost of confidence, um, which I'm all for. So we started having this conversation and I figured that would be a great thing to talk about here so that we can share it with all of you lovely people no absolutely i think this is this is going to be good just because it's it's such a common common thing that still comes to a lot of people's minds i'm assuring right so this is not something that only this person brings up to you this is something that you're going to continue to have this conversation about as well as you know new even clients that are conditioned with you, it might still be something lingering on the back of their mind or you, the listener that's going through your process right now, maybe have some debates and questions on what to do. 
Yeah, so basically, when when should I be in a deficit? When should I be in a surplus? When should I look to maintain? What should my workouts look like in each of those categories? Um, it's probably counterintuitive to what you may think if you've done most of your learning from the internet um, because you'll see, oh shit, I see a ton of people doing this where they go into a calorie deficit and they start doing high reps, low weight, very, very... Cardio-based type training. Um, yeah, cardio. thank you. Cardio-based type training. And it doesn't quite work. Um, maybe it works a little bit, but it doesn't work for very long. And then you're kind of just stuck like, well, this was supposed to, this was supposed to be the ticket and it's not so much. Um, believe it or not, and this is actually pretty unfortunate because it does kind of suck when you're going through it, but the best time to do a calorie deficit is lifting heavy. And by heavy, I mean like seven reps and below, maybe even six reps and below. Um, cause what you're doing with that is you're sending the signal to your body that you're in an energy deficit. You're not getting as much fuel as you need to maintain. And you're also telling your body that you need these muscles because you're coming into the gym and you're lifting as about as heavy as you possibly can. Um, and I say that that sucks because lifting heavy when you're low on energy is it's asking a lot and it gets pretty challenging for a while. So this isn't something that I would recommend doing for six months at a time. This is more of a do it for like a month, take a quick break, maybe go back for another month, maybe even less time than that. You really need to pay attention to how you're feeling and how you're sleeping, how you're recovering. Um, but that's something that's so counterintuitive to what most people think that it's, it can be earth shattering and, it, I know that was one of the things that got me um, by surprise when I first did something like that with you. Cause I, I was in the same boat. I thought, you know, I need to do like circuits to lose weight. How much time on the treadmill do I need to do? It was that sort of stuff. And you're like, no, let me, let me show you. No, I think that the question, how it even gets presented is like, I heard, is it true that, you know, if I want to get, you know, build muscle and get bulky, I have to lift heavy. And then when I want to cut, I have to do high reps and cardio and it's typically how the question or it's presented to us. And so I love this because it is true what you said that, you know, you, it's, your body's always perceiving some type of signal. It's always trying to adapt to what you're telling it to do and what you're prioritizing. Now to say that adding cardio, if you're trying to, you know, lose some weight is, bad. It's not necessarily the case. Now, what you definitely don't want is an overpowering signal that that is what you are prioritizing in your training and in your life. Your body is going to try to pick or, you know, work towards that becoming efficient at that signal, that more predominant signal. So if you're cutting, because a lot of people when they want to cut or lose weight, we'll say that in general terms, lose weight and change their body. They don't, they actually want to look a certain way. They have maybe an image, they want to show more muscle, they want to maybe show some abs, some shoulder definition, whatever the case may be, their legs to be toned. And if all you're doing is cardio, what's going to end up happening, and this could have been happening maybe to you that's listening, that you did a bunch of cardio, you did a lot of low diets, you were in a deficit, and you were doing high reps, you know, a lot of pumping exercises. And what you notice that, yeah, you lost weight, you lost inches, but you also never, you didn't literally look much different. You just looked like a smaller version of the same, like you looked like the same person, but a smaller version of that person, if that makes sense, where your, your muscles feel soft, you feel flabby still, but you're ultimately lighter and thinner. Now, the contrary can happen when you prioritize, you know, keeping some type of strength training with the emphasis of trying to get stronger in there's some cases that people can maintain their strength or get stronger during a cut if they're prioritizing it. That shouldn't be the goal necessarily because it's very hard if you're in an energy deficit that you're getting enough nutrients to build more muscle tissue. But the fact that you're actually trying to do that, this is the key word, trying to do that, 
your body will preserve more muscle because eventually it'll lose something, but it'll preserve more muscle during the process. And you will actually be able to reveal and keep all that hard earned work that you put in through when you were maybe in a maintenance or a surplus phase. And I think this is super important because it keeps your metabolism in a much better place versus if you just restrict it really ramp up the endurance and the calorie calorie expenditure with your training. And that's your focus. Can you get the results? Possibly. But in most cases, in my experience from people, it's never been what people like. And the worst part out of all of that, after all that slavery, it, they're not happy with the way they look and it's hard to maintain. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a term. What is it? Skinny fat, skinny fat, that, that people kind of end up looking. It, it's a very like, Yes, you're thin, but it's also kind of soft. Uh, you kind of lose the the lines that you worked really hard for in in those circumstances. Um, it's also worth mentioning that, you know, you're if you're following our, our advice here and and cutting your calories during a uh, during a strength phase, we'll call it. Um, don't go into that expecting massive numbers out of that strength training program that you're doing. Um, you may see a little bit of increase in weight, but you're not going to see nearly as much as if you were doing that in a calorie surplus or a calorie maintenance, uh, even, um, cause you, you are, you're running literally, you're physically low on energy. So, um, being able to output more force than you were with more energy is not as likely. I'm sure it has happened and will happen. Maybe it'll happen to me tonight. Who knows? But, um, that's definitely worth mentioning. Now, what time do you think is best for um, that high rep scheme? I mean, how, how often do you really put someone in there? And then what does the calorie intake look like during something like that? So it has, we have to be clear on what, we, what that person means with high reps because high reps doesn't always necessarily mean endurance training. Like, you build more endurance in the training, of course, but that shouldn't be ultimately your focus where your, your goal is to lose cal burn calories. And if, if you go into a workout with how much calories you're burning, you're kind of not training. You're, you're probably your training is not going to be well put together, well designed because your sole focus is just burning as much energy as you can during that workout, trying to offset, you know, get into that deficit or melt fat, whatever. I love to incorporate a higher rep range uh, or overall more training volume, which all that is, is just more work during, you know, added up in the course of time to definitely add more size. If you have an area that you're trying to build more muscle, it's a great way to just, you know, increase your intensity, increase the amount of work that you're doing in a, in a certain amount of time without you know, having all the detrimental effects of lifting heavy because lifting heavy can be taxing on the central nervous system, your overall body, your joints, your ligaments. So having periods where you add some volume into your training, has high reps, maybe when you're in a maintenance or in a slight surplus could be an excellent way to build maybe a lagging body part or just overall build more muscle mass. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I agree completely. I was, um, I was just asking because I've never really, and maybe this is just me being logical and I don't know how, how to put it. Like when I was saying high reps, I mean like, cause I've seen people go into the gym and do like sets of 20 or 30. Um, I've also seen people doing like uh, the century workout, which is 10 sets of 10 on like mm -hmm. every machine that we have. Um, I don't think I would ever, seriously ask somebody for century century training yeah <laughs> how do i how do i incorporate that into my routine no but the you know that 20 to 30 rep range it with the exception of maybe like abs or if you're doing it for like a birthday celebration of like i'm gonna deadlift my body weight 31 times mm -hmm. something like that like i don't really see any real purpose with going that high do you um i do if it's program properly and with the right exercises um typically like isolation work lends itself well to high reps like let's say some arm training some shoulder training like some isolation work maybe some calf training some ab training like you mentioned um this is where you're gonna love this because this is where we started getting into you know concurrent training 
or yep. conjugate style training where you're doing your max, you're, you're performing these heavier movements at max capacity, maybe with the intention of low reps, really putting in a lot of effort and lifting heavy. But then the training with, when you train, when you have a combination of, you know, strength training with some endurance training, because some people like the both because it's fun. It adds more variety into their training versus how we talked about. There's maybe some block training where maybe all the, roughly it keeps in a more stricter rep range and you're going through a, a phase month by month. This could be a great way to, like when I was doing bodybuilding, I would usually prioritize my main lifts were like the incline flat, you know, just the big compound lifts, squats, deadlifts were still part of my routine. And I would definitely try to no, go no more than eight reps, really try to push my overall strength on these without going into the super high rep ranges. But then if I would do like a leg press or if I would do some uh, some finishers for my arms or shoulders, then I would program and have in my routine some some higher reps where you're really just chasing the pump and the blood to really expand the muscles. So if done properly by still keeping these things in check. So if I wouldn't definitely probably wouldn't uh, make a whole strength training program around 30 to 20 to 30 reps. Um, but you can definitely have that with certain movements to either finish a muscle, just add, like I said, more volume without running the, cause imagine doing 30 fucking squats, dude, like <laughs> my, my back, my, my joints would be so like effed up because definitely you wouldn't be able to go no nearly as heavy yeah. and you'd be just, you know, it'd just be literally like wanting to throw up. I think. Yeah. That that's extremely intense cardio with weights and it doesn't, yeah. that doesn't sound like fun at all. So it's definitely like, it's a good question because I, we have to be clear and we, we have to remember that, you know, everything has its purpose and it definitely has some merit if you're trying to, like I said, or when you're doing some type of maybe some rehab work where you're going really light and you're throwing in some type of light reps, light pumping bands work. You know, if you maybe do some blood, blood occlusion training, or it's called BFR training, when you wrap your, 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 you know, your main limbs um, off, you tie them off with a, a knee wrap or some type of uh, resist, you know, strap that's going to kind of limit the amount of blood flow coming out of the muscle. And then you can really just focus and do very, very light work and pump 20 to 30 reps with those getting tremendous amounts of blood to rush into the muscle, expand the cell. And you're getting tons of muscle building benefits from that too. Now you can't rely. I wouldn't rely only on just doing high reps. Like we said, you, you still want to send a, a heavy, uh, a heavy signal to the body of some type of big gross motor movement. If you are a healthy individual, that's kind of my take when it comes to that. Yeah. And you talking about that gave me flashbacks to running through maps, power lift. Yeah. Well, aesthetic too. I remember that the, the BFR uh, training, I was going to get to that, but the uh, maps power lift has a two sets of 20 leg press mm -hmm. after like squat deadlift lunge leg curl and then it's two sets of 20 on leg press mm -hmm. and thinking about it now that was just them adding a little bit of extra volume that was very it was relatively low intensity uh by itself but placed at the very end of that workout it was like i was just doing the sled and i was dying the whole time um but it was relatively safe because of what it was and you know seeing two sets of 20 your brain goes, okay, I'm going very light for this. Mm -hmm. That is so that that was very true. And then of course my legs were fried, gorged with blood. I couldn't do simple math afterwards. But then uh, that BFR training was um, that was like earth shattering when we did that to my to my arms that one day. Mm -hmm. That was I still come across that picture sometimes on my phone when I'm scrolling where my arms were like basically as wide as my like legs, which. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's an insult to myself or not, but that was, that was wild. No, definitely. There's so many tools. So I don't want someone to think that the rep range necessarily ever determines what phase you're in. Um, this is something that I tell people, don't even worry about. Follow your program. If you have a well-designed program, follow the program structure. As long as you have, uh, you're following a program and it has some type of compound movements and it's you know, big gross compound movements in that base of the program. I even made a post about this. I talked about an easy way to spot an effective, usually an effective program is based on how boring it looks. 
And it, and it almost sounded kind of like, why would I ever want to do something that's boring? And I, and, and you have to step, take a moment and step back. And it's, when I say boring, it's, it's the movements that you've heard of many times from many different coaches in the space, which are, we've mentioned so many times. So we're blue in the face on the show. It's, you know, your squats, your deadlifts, your bench, your overhead press, your pulling motions, those movements that are some way, shape or form integrated into your training, you know, how many X amount of days that you're training that week typically are the ones that are going to blend themselves really well to giving results. And they're so damn technical that you can spend years perfecting it and getting good at that versus from the first day you ever started working out to a decade or so after you can still make some tremendous progressions with it. Now, obviously if you want to spice up your routine and throw in you know a wrench into it that's completely fine to give that novice feel and just have fun with your training absolutely the bases should be covered but this is where the more advanced you get and the more experienced and conditioned your body is this is when the value of maybe throwing in some machine variations are great because they lend themselves to be safe and you say fuck it i'm just gonna do fucking 50 reps on this leg extension just to burn my quads because i really care about my quads good luck you're gonna be freaking dying but it's you know that ideally you can handle you can monitor the weight you're not in any risk you know in a position where you're you know running the risk of really getting hurt and this is that that's when I feel like you can throw in those crazy supersets and drop sets and all these craziness when you have covered the basics. But overall, if you're following a program, it should be relatively simple to look at on a piece of paper. Give it your all. Don't look at it and just be like half-assing. So a lot of people half-ass workouts and then wonder why they don't get the results. You need to bring some type of intensity into your session and just really give it your all and trust me those basic i've gotten the best results from some basic ass programs it was never from the crazy ones with all the weird variations that i thought were the secret to getting the physique i wanted i when i really hammered home my my basic movements man i will tell you what my body responded so much more than it ever had and that was about five years into my training so i wasn't brand spanking new and I was always pretty consistent and no it was definitely 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 something I tell people is keep it so damn basic and just really really push so I'm gonna I'm gonna ring you back in real quick to the original topic because we talked about deficit we talked about strength training I know I get super passionate about stuff no that's fine I loved it it was it was amazing but the 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 last part of that is we're actually going to flip your, your paradigm on its head, not yours, Jonathan, but the people that are listening. Um, we're going to take that high rep range. Uh, and when I say high rep range, you know, you can, you can go with what Jonathan's saying up to 20, you're trying to gorge the muscle on some exercises, not all. Um, but me. the eight to 12, eight to 15 is typically referred to as like the hypertrophy muscle growth zone. So muscle growth means you need to feed those muscles means that would be the time to eat more. That would be a good time for a surplus. Now, if you're super concerned about body fat, you want to go on the, the, the lower side of that increase, maybe 300 calories, 400 calories. If you're really not too worried about it, you're just trying to dirty bulk. That would be the 500 and up calorie increase. Um, but that's, that's where you're going to start getting a lot more of the benefits. And, um, especially when it comes to carbs, because a lot of the fluid that gets pumped into your, your, your muscle belly, when it's getting gorged with blood, it's blood, it's water, it's carbohydrates rushing in for, for fuel. So those are great things to do. That's why there's a lot of people that, that take like sugar before like a, a, an intense workout or a, a hypertrophy focused workout. Um, would you agree with that? Is there anything you'd add? No, I agree. Um, definitely the biggest thing that's going to determine your body composition, like we mentioned before, I went on this extremely long tangent, was monitoring your nutrition. And that's going to be the main, main thing to you know, determine if you're going to be losing weight and body fat, or if you're going to be gaining uh, lean body mass, essentially. It's going to be how many calories you have. Now, there i definitely love the idea of when you're training like really adding more hypertrophy style training with more reps 
definitely is a great time when you're eating either at maintenance or above because you're going to have a lot of nutrients to be able to recover from that workout and your body's going to want to build more tissue from that. Um, and when you're really cutting and you're really deep into that deficit, you definitely don't want to just go into some cardio style training just to burn calories. You want to keep those reps moderate. You know, it can still stay within the 15 rep range on some movements, but anywhere from about six to eight, 15 reps on certain things are going to be great. You know, it's going to be able to, if you're bringing that intensity and you're prioritizing your protein intake, because that's going to be another thing I think we should emphasize is, you know, protein matters uh, when it comes to this, you know, adequate protein on both ends is going to determine also if you're keeping lean body mass as you're going through a cut and or adding it when you're going into a small little surplus of calories. That should really be like added to the, to the bill of rights, like protein, like always stays right where it is. Like never, ever, if anything, it goes up. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's the only change protein should ever have unless you fucked up. And if you, if you fucked up, then tomorrow you do better. Yep. I like um, this. Like if you, if you, day you fucked up tomorrow, just do better. <laughs> it's true though. That's, that's the only thing. Like you could change like carbs. You could change fats. The, the protein never changes. That is your, that is your Dwayne, the rock Johnson right there. That is, that is always going to be there for you. Let the protein be your Dwayne. Um, no, I think it's important to know is protein as just to kind of give a little bit more on the protein real quick is Typically, when you're in a maintenance or a surplus of calories, you don't have to skyrocket your protein so high. You do want to get your nutrients from adding some extra carbs, keeping your fat at a good percentage, of course. That's going to be essential to you know building. But when you're cutting, a lot of studies will show this, and I've been told this by a lot of prep coaches, especially because we're going to the other extreme when you're going into very low single-digit levels of body fat for guys and low double digits for women, you want to increase your protein anywhere from 1.2 to 1.5 times your lean body mass weight. And this was, you will know if you get your body fat uh, information, but this just means that you're going a little bit higher versus when you're bulking. Typically a rule of thumb is anywhere from 0.8 to one gram of protein is typically more than enough. They sometimes recommend just go a little higher when you're cutting just to give that muscle a little bit of insurance. I've always kind of debated this in my mind. like, how much is it really, really getting put to muscle? But that's for another whole other topic. But just so a rule yeah. of thumb, you'll hear this from every other coach. Well, that's, you know, in that realm that of body recomposition and everything, you're, you're going to probably hear that information come up. Yeah. I don't think we even really know how much protein you like really need. And obviously it depends the famous answer, because if you go yeah, in some and people just, are freaks and just can eat like literally 0. 0.6 and fucking yeah. gain tons of muscle. It yeah. also depends on your genetics. It does. And it has to do with what you're working out too. Cause if you're going in and just doing buys and tries, you, you really don't need that much protein to repair those. If you're going in for a heavy leg day, that's where, yeah, you're going to need a little more protein on that day. So the good rule of thumb are following these metrics that Jonathan just mentioned, because that's going to just assure you that you are getting enough because there's no real way to tell how much you need. Um, it'd be cool if there was like a litmus test for that, but there's not. So this is the best information that we have. I think to keep it stupid, simple, because I love stupid, simple. I love not having to overcomplicate things in my life and I don't want to complicate, you know, our listeners life is easy way is just go by one one gram times your body weight or if you're yeah. relatively lean and lean body mass if you do have like you know you're a little bit overweight so easy way one times that number and just follow around that gauge and you typically will do really fine it's yeah. only when you go to that extreme or if you're a high level athlete definitely you can get a little bit more on the the nuances of nutrition uh, reel me back in here. Cause I think we went on another protein one. That's okay. Um, well, I was just about to ask. So when it does come time for someone to do a deficit, um, how uh, obviously we've, we've hammered at home protein stays the same or maybe increases for some people, but how, how do you pick and choose who gets lower fat, lower carb? Do they get an equal distribution of both? What sort of splits do you do? The why? I mean, I can tell you, I'll go ahead and start. This morning I started, um, this, is, this is a new person. I 
I know I have two weeks of information about this person at this point in time. Um, now that you love when they actually track for two weeks. Oh my God. It's so nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she gave me 1700 calories to work with. I'm like, okay. She told me she wants to lose a little bit. So I'm like, let's pull it down to like 1500. She's like five foot four. So that's like a pretty good spot to be in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically explained it to her as far as I know, you're, there's some people that handle low carb, high fat better. There's some people that handle low fat, high carb better when you're in a deficit. Um, and the only way to know which one you are is to just do it and see what happens. And even after doing that, that may change with time because your body is constantly changing to what you're or adapting to what you're doing to it. So essentially what I did was I just got a feel for how she likes to eat. You know, do you like rice? Do you like potatoes, breads, whatever? Um, yes. Can you live without, you know, extra amounts of fat in your diet? She's like, yes. I'm like, okay. So the path of least resistance here would be to try cutting out fat a little bit more than we do on the carbs. So basically I used the very simple concept of figuring out how much protein she needs. I subtracted those protein calories from her total of 1500 or 1400, whatever I gave her. Um, I divided the remainder of those calories up by 60 and 40. I gave 60% of the remaining calories to carbs and I gave 40% of the remaining calories to the fat. And that's just a good place to start for, for her. Um, and that's something that, you know, anybody that's listening can try doing something similar or exactly the same, um, just to get a good baseline, just to see how your body responds. Now, I think it's important to note that neither one of us are, you know, registered dietitians. So I never, we never write meal plans. We never tell someone what they're putting in their mouth by the exact amount. It's technically illegal. So if your coach does not have a certain degree or a certain certification that allows them to do this legally, don't follow this advice. Not because it could, not because you have anything wrong with you inherently, but just for, just to put that out there. But when it comes to that, I love the approach of just creating a balanced diet to start of distribution of macronutrients, not leaning so far as like a keto style of diet uh, or a, you know, a predominantly very high carb, very little fat diet. Typically a good balance is where a lot of people feel happy. Now this starts to become the technical part of nutrition is you're the client, you're the person going through this process. It's your job to pay attention to how you're feeling because ultimately the best coach out there is going to be yourself. It's the, it's going to be the fact that you're living in it. You're going through that process and you feel when you eat certain foods or certain quantities of food, what's happening to your stomach. How's your digestive system? How's your energy? How's your mood? These are all very important signals that you need to pay attention to in order because some people love a lower fat, higher carb, moderate protein, uh, or balanced protein diet. Other people love a high, more fat in their diet and maybe just less carbs. They just don't they feel groggy and tired. And these are important things. This is very individualized, but for the most part, the average person you can start, you know, I recommend just let's eat like you normally would eat. Let's keep, and we, as we start to tweak certain things, we start to balance it out a little bit, definitely getting the protein up there because that's where a lot of people will drop the ball, balance out their protein, distribute the rest of their calories pretty evenly between, you know, carbs and fats. And then if I notice someone that really struggles to get a good quality or a good amount of fat in, Hey, that's fine. Let's bump the fat down a little bit. Let's have a little bit more carbs. If that's going to keep you excited and entertained, entertained now, but like in it consistent with your training and your nutrition, I'm for it. So we just need to, it's, it's a process. And this is the part of coaching that I love because it's not the one that's going to happen in 30 days. This is starts happening after a few months, you know, of the person being relatively consistent with just giving you feedback. Um, for, I want some takeaways for the client as well is, pay attention to maybe more making an effort to journal a little bit. And instead of just plugging information, some people just really dislike tracking of the numbers and using their phone because they're not tech savvy or they don't feel that way. Just journal it out when you're eating certain foods. How do you feel before? Maybe during, if you take the time to do that. And after you're done eating, reflect on like kind of what's happening. Ooh, that, that I recently got super bloated. I felt 
super sleepy after this big bowl of pasta, um, stuff like that. Just really pay attention to certain things, how they're sitting with you. And this is going to start allowing you to go down that rabbit hole of customizing the nutrition plan to you. I have a client actually going through this process right now, speaking about this this morning, we kind of got into it. He just started sharing what he was doing. He started to make his own like routine and schedule and his He's already been super consistent with hitting his protein. He's been in his deficit. He's lost some weight. He's starting to stall out a little bit, just exactly how we, it's been a while where he's been riding this wave. We're going to make a couple of adjustments, but he feels super confident with making certain adjustments because he's been just plugging it in, plugging it in, plugging it in, and he's doing phenomenal. So that's definitely, it, it didn't happen though in the first three months. It didn't It probably happened. This is probably like month six. And he's, he's getting results. He looks different. He's moving amazing. And this is the other part of your health and fitness journey that it's going to come up eventually. Yeah, that's when it starts getting into the lifestyle where you're doing it because you enjoy it. And the progress starts slowing down a little bit sometimes. But as long as you got a good foundation built and you keep that train rolling, that's that's consistent, steady progress. That's That's the stuff that people like really want when they you know, set out on this journey at first, whether they realize it or not. But, um, fuck, I was going to say something, but then you mentioned that, ah, how long, and I know this, it, it depends the famous answer, but how long do you typically recommend somebody stay in a deficit or a surplus? Typically for the average person that has a good amount of weight to lose, psychologically, this most goes down to their psych, you know, their psychology and their relationship with food. But as long as that, as long as you feel able to adhere to it without it starting to affect your life. So if I have a person that has, that really struggles with binge eating or really struggles to be consistent because they have like anything more than two to three weeks is too much of being in a deficit for that person, then maybe, maybe setting up, up in two week cuts. And then like a couple days of a small increase. I'm talking about like a 200 calorie increase. I'm not talking about a whole break where it's a free for all, where you can throw in a bunch of burgers and junk food in there. Just a little bit more, more food just to kind of satiate you know, a little bit. And then we go back into it. So we're going into little mini cuts throughout the month. Um, what I've been finding a lot with my women, with women since, you know, unfortunately they have their time of month every year that, that maybe that time they start to crave certain foods, their mood can be affected and all this, their, their iron levels start to drop. And, and they're more going to, it's, I found that it's more difficult for them to adhere to their deficit during those, that maybe those couple of days. So when we know roughly when that's going to happen, what I've been doing with in the last six months or so with certain clients that I train virtually is I allow them to plan two weeks of, you know, going at your deficit, you know, nice and steady at a good, at a good deficit where, you know, you're in a deficit. And then we allow for anywhere from a 250 to a 300 calorie bump of calories. Typically I'll let them to have a little bit more carbohydrates and just have a bit more fat. And I really stress the vegetables. So it's a very short deficit. It's a slower process, but I find that my women typically will adhere better to this style my guys, I allow to push them a little bit more also based on their mental state when it comes to it, but let's keep going. If it's a small deficit, I find my clients can adhere to it for a much longer period of time, you know, anywhere from six to 12 weeks consistently in a deficit is usually okay. So it just, that's kind of like, I guess I couldn't give you a really black and white answer. Sorry. No, that was a good answer. Uh, I liked everything you said on that. And actually I'm going to shout out, uh, James Smith. Uh, I think he does an episode dedicated literally to just weight loss with menstrual cycle, just as a concept. And he does a really good job. That yeah. guy knows a surprisingly lot amount, lot surprise. I don't even know if that's like a real phrase that I, some, something just happened in my brain that just made <laughs> up that phrase. And I'm actually embarrassed that it came out of my mouth. He knows a lot about that process. Join the worker and, outer club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's a great episode. I, I couldn't tell you which episode that was to the yeah. listeners, but if you go to James Smith's podcast, I'm sure you'll be able to find it if you scroll down far enough. I found that piece of advice and that golden nugget from him. And I stole that right off the rip. And I'm like, I am running. Oh, did you? Because most of my clients, most of my clients are women. 
So I need to, I'm just looking at ways to elevate my service because unfortunately I'm not a girl. So I don't go through these things physically. So I just do my best to service them as best as I can and go the extra mile and getting some information on this stuff. Because I'm always thinking like, why is it like, I get it. Like, it's just your time a month, muscle through it. Like I'm a guy like, you know, let's just go. (laughs) But I have, you know, being objective, like women are different in that sense. And it, it doesn't really affect so much their training per se. But definitely there should be some emphasis because some women vary. Some are, it's very tough on them and some it's not so much. Some they're like, oh, it's whatever. And if that's the case, then we just continue going through the process. But the women that have like those where they feel weak, they feel very crampy, they, their, their mood is, you know, severely affected by it. Then I tell them, let's, let's, I purposely want you to, to allow yourself to have that flexibility mentally. Just we're going we're gonna to purposely bump it up, even if you don't feel... And typically what I find as a result is that it turns out better for them and they look forward to it. They don't stress that period because they're like, they know how they get, they hold more water. They'll typically feel a little bit more bloated. Um, and they've, and they kind of messes with them. They're like, ah, I'm like, I'm gaining fat. And then it can turn into a fuck it. Like, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go off the rail, the rails off that on that day, on those days versus if you purposely plan for it you know, psychologically, there's going to be a spike for a little bit and there's going to be some water retention. But once, once that passes, there's a flush of water and they're back, they're back on track. And like I said, the process is a little slower. I'm going to be honest, but it's okay. On the average, you're going to get there at a, at a good, healthy pace where you're enjoying life and you're being realistic too. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not speaking to the person that's doing a a 60 day challenge with their work friends. Um, that's, that's something else entirely. This is for people that want life, like a lifestyle to come out of this. They want fitnesses forever hashtag all over their Instagram. I wonder Uh, if that is a thing. Maybe, I mean, Hey, maybe it is, but, um, you know, this is, this should be something that you're looking to, to be into to some degree for the rest of your life because you're taking care of yourself and you're interested in being a healthy human. So, on that time scale, it taking a while doesn't really matter too much. And if you're enjoying it the way that we're kind of describing it, and I, I agree completely with, with what Jonathan's saying, you know, pay attention to how you feel, pay attention to what your body's doing in response to it, and adjust accordingly. And don't be too hard on yourself if, if you're not in a deficit as long as you thought you were going to be because you just couldn't take it anymore. I've been there. I've been there a couple of times, but Definitely diet breaks do make a big difference for client adherence, you know, scheduling them properly. I know cheat day gets a very bad rap, but if you have, if you are any really aggressive, you're calculating that, that cheat day into your week and you're allowing your, your go, maybe going into a deeper deficit during those days, but you know, you're going to have a day where that way it doesn't like level out and you just literally throw all your progress away account for maybe that day where you do go out with your family and just, do the math for those other days. That way you can still stay on track. And it's not like, uh, Oh my God, I fucked up day. It's more like, it's not a, you can label it cheat day. You can label it a free day, but as long as it psychologically doesn't mean that it gives, it gives you an excuse to just fuck off, then it should be an okay. However you want to word that. I know I was listening to something today. It's like we, we coaches get on our high horse and we start kind of like, it's not a cheat day because cheat day is this and da da da. It's, or we nowadays it's called an entanglement day. Um, cause the whole, yeah, you haven't heard of that? No. The joke with the Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith that they, the, the whole video that they had, oh. that she had an entanglement. Okay. So there's, there's been memes with his face. Poor dude, man. I love Will Smith and this guy just getting the rap of it. It's like, oh, I didn't have a cheat day. I didn't cheat on my diet. I had an entanglement. <laughs> so, oh my god so i'm like oh man this is like a new like thing in the space dude, the, inter- the internet is ruthless oh dude it's so savage off track it's- just a little bit off topic on this one he posted i guess like a video of him like jump roping or he set a post that he was jump roping and then there was like a tweet or something like you could see the replies underneath and it's like there was a guy that was like uh be careful will like you might get into an entanglement <laughs> and then will actually respond and he's like Okay, that I gotta admit that was pretty good. I'm gonna block you. But that was, <laughs> well, that, was that made me laugh. <laughs> I'm like, damn, damn. back on track. Um, wow. But yeah, it's, you just have to find ways, and this this happens based on 
you going through it. You, there's, I, there's no coach that can give you a black and white answer. And chances are that it could happen for you. Who knows? You might be that person that it just works. That coaching philosophy, his approach right off the gates works for you. His, like, his favorite or more preferred style, because we all kind of have a bias in how we do things. But this is where the individual coaching comes in is where it may not work for that client or it's not working for you. Okay, there's nothing inherently wrong with you. This is just not the route that we need to take for you and we're going to make that adjustment. That's all. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect storm scenario where the thing that you prefer to do with people just happens to work on that one person. Like I've, I've tried the same thing with several different people and it only worked on one of them. And at that point, you know, this is, it's a very educated guess kind of game where you just like, okay, there's this many things that'll work for this person. Let's try this one. Okay. That didn't stick. Let's try this one. That didn't stick either. Move on to the next one. And all the while you're hopefully coaching them and explaining the why. So it's not just like the client's like, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. I I do know what I'm doing. I'm just, we're, we're trying to find the solution together here so that you know, and I know, and then we'll get the ball rolling. Yep. Everybody, everybody like is trying to see that one answer with their training and with their nutrition. It doesn't work like that. Everyone's so damn different. There's, like I said, there's key principles that are always going to be there as far as calorie deficit, calorie maintenance, calorie surplus. Now how we get there and how we get you to adhere to those things are going to be the most important things. And as you go through that process that you are making behavioral changes, those are also going to be all factors are good that, that are going to determine your success with these principles. So I guess to sum it up for the, for this episode, rep ranges, definitely don't want to do full blown cardio style training only if you're going, if you're, if your plan is to, um, to lose body fat and sculpt your body, maybe throwing up to six weeks of maybe some style of circuit training to increase that calorie expenditure is appropriate. But for the most part, your base, whether you're trying to build muscle or you're trying to lose body fat, your training could stay in a strength focused mindset, a hypertrophy style mindset with the goal of creating as much effort and tension in the muscles and, out, and, and try in your workouts typically are going to lend itself well to maintaining your muscle you can add some cardio for when you're bulking and when you're cutting, but you don't want to necessarily overdo none of either one of in either scenario because it's going to be that conflicting signal that we talked about at the beginning with your body wanting to do one or the other. So you just have to allow it, the tables to kind of favor one. And ideally, this case is a more muscular body or toned or tight <laughs> or whatever feels best for you and uh, what you're aiming for. So in nutrition, doesn't have to be anything extreme. Find your rhythm. Are you a person that can restrict and be in a deficit for X amount of time for 12 weeks straight? Is that you? If not, maybe you're the person that can only adhere to two to four week blocks of a deficit with a small mini diet break and in, in scheduled into that. This is going to be stuff that you have to see about yourself. There's no wrong. It doesn't make you less or better of a person if you do either route. So I think that's just to kind of give that, uh, that sum up of all that information we just talked about. Yeah. Well said. Um, I, I did want to mention this and I didn't get the chance to do it in the morning in the morning. Jesus, what is English today? In the beginning of the episode, that was morning clearly in the, in the um, morning of the episode. Yeah. Um, I know this about myself and I still mistakenly did this. Um, Have you ever watched like American Ninja Warrior or Mm -hmm. Titan games or whatever that's called with the rock? Um, And I did, I did an American Ninja Warriors just because I thought it was more entertaining. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, that that one's, I've been watching that recently, but um, more so lately I've been watching um, strongest men in history. Uh, I'm watching it on Hulu. It's from history channel. It's got like Robert Oberst, Eddie Hall, uh, Brian Shaw, and uh, Nick Best, I think. A bunch of okay. like the world's strongest men competitors. And they're okay. just going around doing like strongman feats, like flipping a thousand pound hay bale in the snowy fields of Wyoming or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, it's, a, it's an hour-long episode, and they just do all of these crazy things. They're doing presses with you know, 500 pounds overhead, and it's just like – it's like 8 p.m. And I'm watching this, and like when I watch stuff like that, American Ninja Warrior or something like this, where I'm watching somebody else get like 
super amped up to do like some crazy exercise shit, like what they're doing, I get amped up and like my heart rate goes up and I get all excited. My eyes get bigger. It's like, I'm not tired anymore. This happened to me on Saturday and I wound up, I tried to go to bed, didn't work because I was just so like jacked up just from watching these guys be super, super strong. I wound up staying up until about midnight trying to like, I had to, had to go back out on the couch and like watch some TV for a while to like call myself. I put something on like very chill, like how it's made or something like that. And just mm-hmm. kind of sat there to like calm myself down. Cause I, I got myself like way too jacked up on those. That's good. That's good. Don't you have something to add in regards to Gabriel? Yes. I have an honorary uh, dad joke sent from the, uh, the missionary, um, uh, journey that he's on where he's saving children in hospitals and, and all those virtuous things that he's doing. But, um, <laughs> so he, he said, he said to me, he said, uh, people, people always ask me how I sneak so much candy in to movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, I, I always have a few twicks up my sleeve. <laughs> I hope I I, 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 I can hear Gabe saying this. I hope I honored him with uh, my delivery on that one. I tried to speak for him. I didn't want to claim it as my own. He sent me another one, but I like that one the most. He, no, Gabriel definitely was missed today, but hey, he needs a break too. He's been working hard. So getting a little time away from the family. Um, oh, I'm sorry, a little time away from us, not the family. No, we Keep are the family. family. Stay on the family. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out and spending some time with us on this podcast. You are amazing. And if you like this and you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe. And that way you don't miss a beat. We drop still consistently with or without Gabe three episodes a week. <laughs> and if you like the episode as well, what's helping us kind of trend consistently awesome in Bulgaria is the five-star rating and reviews <laughs> as we make ourselves over back to the United States. We're trying to get back into the top hundreds. We we're breaking that barrier. It's all because of you, the listeners, you know, taking the time to just click those five stars and leaving us a, an awesome review. So with that being said, if you want to follow us on Instagram, we also keep some updates if anything's important coming up and you can shoot us a questions, topics, reviews as well. What you guys think about the episode that's at the next level show. You can follow my personal page at John Alva seven. Gabe is at prime and glory and Mike is at Mike Nellis PT.